What's up, everyone? On today's episode, I'm chatting with my friend Nika Laurie. So if you want to learn why health plays such an important part of cleaning up your life, you're definitely not going to want to miss this episode. And of course, make sure you stick around to the end of the show because I have a special bonus giveaway for you. When we recover, we are returning to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. We begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost. Welcome to the Road Beyond Recovery podcast, and my name is Tamar, your host. Have you ever felt like you were meant for more? Well, I help people discover their purpose so they can follow their passion and realize what they are truly capable of. My mission is to empower people in recovery to embrace their authentic selves, live up to their true potential, and answer the question, what lies beyond recovery for you? What's going on, everyone? And thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Road Beyond Recovery podcast, where my mission is to help you embrace your authentic selves and live up to your true potential because we are capable of so much more than we think. So if you're someone right now who feels like you're meant for more, but you're not sure what that more is, maybe you've lost your identity because you have spent so much of your life giving to everybody else and not figuring out what's important to you, I would love to hear from you. I'm offering free 30-minute discovery calls. If you head on over to the show notes, there is a link there for you. And I'm happy to jump on a call and have a chat. So if you're somebody who feels like you've lost your identity because you have been basically taking care of everyone but yourself, make sure you reach out and book that today. Like I've mentioned before, we've got some exciting things coming up. I am super pumped about one of them is we have just launched our new Facebook network. It's called Rise in Recovery. So this is a community of basically new and experienced influencers and we want everybody to help support each other to level up not only in life but also in business and what you can expect from the group is a supportive group of like-minded people that are all there to help support each other you're going to get free content uh, that will help you gain clarity take action and make money with your message we're going to have live expert interviews of course we focus on discovering your calling or your purpose if you are kind of in that early stage of maybe wanting to become an entrepreneur or maybe you have become an entrepreneur you just need a little bit more guidance we focus on target marketing and niche marketing Also, there will be live coaching accountability, there will be promotional opportunities, and of course, we have mastermind calls, which will take place monthly, and then we may move up the frequency of those as well, but that will give you an opportunity to network with other like-minded individuals that are in recovery, and we really just want to make a difference in the world of recovery. What we want is to help people who are still suffering realize that when they get clean and sober or they've overcome adversity, they can actually use that adversity, that life experience to develop their calling in life, right? Um, It can become their purpose and they can live an absolutely amazing life. So we want to make this really a movement 
um, that there is so much amazing things that lie beyond recovery, right? Once you build that solid foundation, there is so, so much more. So that's, that is kind of the gist of what we're trying to create here is just to inspire you to do more, to follow what it is that you love in your life and not settle or become complacent. So there you have it. Um, I will make sure I put links in the show notes for you to join that community. Um, but I look forward to seeing you there. On today's episode, I got to chat with my friend Nika Lori, who's a certified health coach, host of the Health and Hustle podcast. And we had such a great conversation. You know, she got to chat with us about what it's like to actually be on the other end of, you know, being with an addict as opposed to going through that herself and what her experience was and how she had to overcome those types of relationships. And so she shares her journey through that. And we also talk about the importance of health, right, in recovery. Um, because I know that when I first got sober, actually, I first started with my health journey because I really assumed that if I could just lose the weight, you know, I would feel more beautiful, I would feel more loved, and that would just help me heal the pain that I felt on the inside. But of course, that was completely not true. And so I kind of started a little bit backwards, um, but really it, it all worked out the way it was meant to be because it has really allowed me to focus on my health. And even though I go in and out of, you know, living a healthy lifestyle, because it's certainly not a perfect journey, nor I don't think it will ever be um, because I just love food too much. But I think that early, um, the early access to realizing what it takes to get healthy and having that support that I had in early recovery that really helped me be more mindful. And so even though I've gone on periods, uh, you know, where I haven't been as healthy and I've started eating a lot and, and, you know, I start to kind of go backwards again, it's always in my mind. I always think about it. And so Nika and I talk about the importance of health in your journey of recovery, you know, to be able to clear your mind, it allows you to make better choices because I know that when I'm not uh, clouded with the sugar hangover, I definitely make better choices. But I hope you guys enjoy this interview. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I am hanging out with Nika Lori. Uh, how are you doing, Nika? I'm wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so why don't you start off? Tell us about yourself and what it is that you do. Yeah, so I, uh, by trade, I'm a certified health coach. Um, I'm also a behavior change specialist and I have a pretty extensive background in psychology and nutrition. And so I kind of integrate all of those to help people work through trauma, uh, recovery, weight loss, chronic disease issues, autoimmune, those kind of things. So we, we work on their health issues and kind of help them rebuild. So, and those all go so hand in hand. I mean- yeah everything health recovery addiction they kind of it's all one like just pot of stuff that we Absolutely. need to work on yeah yeah definitely yeah so today you have a six-figure coaching business but at one time you were a high school dropout it so was. what was it like growing up for you then so okay so i have kind of a funny 
background story. So I grew up in the mountains off the grid, meaning my parents were big hippies. Um, so they, you know, we lived with solar panels and we collected rainwater and filtered it. And I, I lived honestly a pretty normal life. It really wasn't that weird, but we grew up off the grid. And, um, I, so I grew up in the mountains and there was a limited amount of kids that I went to school with. And I didn't have a very good, uh, situation in high school. I was a honor student. I was a very smart kid, really engaged, but, uh, poor relationships, not a lot of support from teachers or the school itself, and just didn't really have a whole lot of friends. And I had a boyfriend who was, um, you know, it's like the varsity football player, you know, kind of the cool guy. And I was the nerdy, you know, band girl that hung out in the guitar room. And so it was kind of polar opposite and long story short, he cheated on me and it broke my heart and the friends that I did have went with him. And so I was really kind of struggling on my own and super depressed. And so I decided to drop out of school and, um, kind of had to figure out what I was going to do. I was, uh, 16, I, well, had just turned 16, uh, when I did drop out and so kind of lost for a little while, but I ended up going into uh, school right away or back into school. So I got my GED and I started uh, college or university classes when I was 17 and went for about four years and then dropped out of college again. <laughs> And then went kind of all over the place. I lived in, in New York city for a long time. I lived in Los Angeles and had whole other lives out there. And then I decided to move back to New Mexico where I was born and raised. And I went back to school where I finished a double major in psychology and strategic communication. And then I've just continued on with school since then getting other certificates and trainings as well. Wow. So it was kind of just, okay, out of school, in school, out of school, really going in school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, I've always been really passionate about learning new things. I, I kind of think like learning is my hobby. I just love taking in more information, but not having the support I needed when going to school and having those kind of relationships and really self-worth, I think was an issue too. And so trying to kind of figure out and navigate that has when I was younger was difficult. And I mean, self-worth is such a big thing. I know that oh, yeah. for myself, it was always seeking love from outside, right? It's like, I need um, that recognition. Me like, too. Please yes. give me that gold star so I can feel important. And yes. for me, that really turned into a lot of toxic relationships in my life, right? And you, yeah. you know, you told me that you've also had that problem as well, where you yes. actually dated an addict for quite a while. I did yeah, I spent um, close to a decade with um, a heroin addict, and um, he and I still have a pretty decent relationship now. But it was a it was a very difficult long-term situation. And, you know, even to this day, I'm still recovering from some of the trauma that was caused kind of the PTSD from that, but it's a process. You have to kind of learn and work through it. But what I, what I really gained from that relationship was understanding the continuous pattern that I was living in, because what I realized was I had dated other addicts, whether they were, you know, drinking alcohol or had other issues going on. And that was a pretty continuous type of person I would date. And I didn't realize that until I removed myself from the last relationship long enough to learn some perspective that I was clinging to people who needed love, 
Um, and I was trying to fix them and you can't fix other people. They have to fix themselves, but I didn't realize that. And I was trying to find my self-worth in trying to fix or love other people. And so it took a long time to kind of figure that out, but it was really a beneficial tool that I took away from those relationships. Oh, it definitely is a learning experience. I've been yes. on both ends, right? I've mm -hmm. been the one giving with the addiction and the one receiving with the addiction. So, you know, what is it like? Because I know a lot of my audience are people that are currently in recovery. And I think there's also a recovery from being in those type of relationships, even mm -hmm. if you're not the one that has the, so to speak, addictions. But what is it like on the receiving end, being with someone for almost a decade that's a heroin addict? The first thing that comes to mind is exhausting. It's, I mean, it takes, it takes a lot out of you. It's not just energy exhausting, exhausting, but it's emotionally draining. It's psychologically draining. Um, and you lose a lot of yourself, you, you know, back to the self-worth, but it's also trying to figure out what's important in your life and, you know, prioritizing your dreams and purpose and all those kind of things. A lot of that gets lost in, trying to save this other person, you know, I mean, addiction can range in so many levels, but a lot of times it's a life and death situation. And, and you often become very codependent and you're scared that if you leave that person, they're going to die or hurt themselves or end up in prison. And, and, you know, so you, you get sucked in and you get, um, really, connected to their life and their worthiness and their needs and you lose sight of yours. And so it can be really hard. Um, but I also walking right way again, have learned a lot about myself and, and have gained a lot from it too. So. And codependency was something that I struggled a lot with mm -hmm. as well, right? Because I needed that, that love, but I think a lot of people in recovery, I noticed that when they're trying to rebuild those relationships and find out who they really are, they hold those resentments right against those people that don't trust them. But mm -hmm. it's really difficult when you finally remove yourself to believe that somebody is going to do what they say. Did your ex do a lot of that? Like, I'm sorry, I won't do oh, this absolutely. again. Yeah. And I think, you know, you know, we're years out and that trust is still something that is not fully rebuilt. And I don't know that it will ever fully be rebuilt, but we've also made strides and a lot of effort to figure out how to have a functional uh, friendship um, outside of necessarily having that trust. And so I think there is different levels of relationships that you can regain and rebuild with somebody. Um, but also you have to be respectful of their their comfort levels and, and their uh, boundaries and what they've found is what they need to feel safe and secure in their own lives too. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a big thing to live the life that you want to live and show people. And I always tell that, make your living amends, right? It's mm -hmm. not enough to say sorry, because I don't know how many times I've said the word sorry after a while, people just don't believe you anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I think what happens too, is that, you know, in, at least in my situation, I heard sorry, and then I would see him use again. And then I'd hear sorry again, and then he would use again. And so that sorry really lost its value. It didn't have. And so even sober, that sorry still hasn't completely regained its meaning. And so it can be um, a challenge there. So out of everything that you'd been through, 
Mm-hmm. How did you find your purpose out of it? Because I love talking about purpose because I believe that we gain our purpose through our experience. Yeah. Um, how yeah. did you find your purpose? So I had I had this inkling when I was young. I remember um, I, I went to an after-school program. I w- this is like middle school. And I would walk from this, the school over this bridge and then to the after-school program. And I remember there thinking like, I want to do something that just helps people feel better. Like that was always just, I just want to help people feel better. And I never really knew what that was. And, and so I've done all these different kind of trial and error things and worked in different, um, you know, uh, fields and done different, uh, types of jobs, trying to figure out what it was. And it wasn't until I had gone through trauma myself, meaning like, dropping out of school was fairly traumatic, but that was actually one of the least traumatic things that I've been through, you know, after, um, you know, going through the difficult relationship with my ex or, um, I had a emergency C-section when I delivered my daughter and, and that was very, very traumatic. Um, and then, uh, since then I had a family member who almost died and, uh, and has struggled with, um, health issues since then. And so having those kind of traumas has really changed my perspective on life and meaning and purpose and serving others. And so from that, I started to get really stressed and really unhealthy. And I started having uh, physical issues where, uh, you know, whether it's gut issues or anxiety, crazy anxiety, those kind of things. And I started, you know, I went to see a doctor. I saw several doctors and I was like, something's wrong with me. I was having these crazy chest pains. I even went into the ER because I thought I was having a heart attack. They were so bad. And they were like, you know, they thought the first, the ER doctor thought I was there for drugs and I had hung out for like 24 hours. I was there with my mom. Like (laughs) I was not there to get drugs, but he, that's what he assumed. And so he basically just shoved me off and didn't take me seriously. Um, another doctor gave me one set of steroids and sent me on my way and the steroids did nothing. And so what I was finding was that general practitioners, kind of the general medicine field wasn't really helping me diagnose what was actually going on with me. And so I decided to start doing research and kind of taking a step back. And I started to really understand that what was happening was one, the stress and anxiety was making me sick. And so I needed to work on that, but two, my, my diet and lifestyle habits were making me sick. And so, you know, when you're eating, when you're stressed and anxious, you don't really care about exercise. You don't really care about the food you're putting in your body. And so I was, you know, working a fast paced job and a single mom and all this stuff was going on. And so I was eating like crap. And so I started to really kind of, um, break all that down and making shifts in my life and, and started really getting educated on how your body actually functions and what those systems look like. And so I think to answer your question, kind of in a long-winded way, it was the trauma, it was the experiences and it was the health elements that led me to my purpose of figuring out how to help people feel better. So, yeah. I love that. And yeah, the health thing, like right now I'm going through this journey where I'm transitioning out of a day job into full-time coaching, which Mm -hmm. I'm super excited about, but I will get so tunnel vision on my purpose and helping people that the health does fall to the wayside sometimes. And I've had to pick that back up and get back into my meditation and stuff like that. So, and also you know, um, I think it's important to find that balance, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. The thing that I've also found too, is that, you know, especially for, for, I work with people who are in recovery sometimes too, or people who have struggled with trauma, um, people looking to kind of overcome chronic fatigue, those kind of things. And what I find is that if you don't take care of all of the areas, then the other areas start to kind of fall, fall apart. And so you really have to work on movement. You have to make sure that you're eating well and eating for health and energy. And then you also need to just make sure other parts of your system are working. So understanding your hormones and how that system can be affected by drugs and alcohol, or how it can be affected by uh, trauma, like PTSD can have effect on your hormones, those kind of things. And so, you know, getting all that checked out, making sure all those things work and working on your mental health. So meditation and those kind of things, if you can work on all of those, um, and sleep too, sleep's the last big one. Um, you know, making sure all of those are, you know, in top form, then you can function really well as an entrepreneur or, at, you know, in your business and you have energy for your family and you have energy for your life in general. So yeah, it's important to take care of all of it. So when I went into early recovery, I, the first thing I had to do was build that foundation, right? Because mm -hmm. I really did not at an emotional level, I was like 14 because that's mm -hmm. when I started using and numbing everything. Yeah. And so the first thing, and I always recommend this to people because I, I like to work with people who are in recovery and who've built that solid foundation, but feel like they have that burning desire to mm -hmm. do something right. And I remember going through a period of time after about my year mark for about four to five years where I got incredibly complacent because I was like, okay, I've got everything together. You know, I have a fresh start. I have a new mm -hmm. life. I have a job. Things are going well. You know, I'm fighting to work as hard as I can, but I just felt unsettled. Like mm -hmm. I had mm -hmm. this bigger purpose within me, but I had no idea how to find it. And the one thing that I started to work on was my mindset because mm -hmm. I'm like, what am I doing wrong here? Like I have the tools that I need to have this solid foundation and be good in my life. And I created quite quite a good life for myself. Yeah. But yeah. there was that one missing part. And I think a lot of people lack that because if you have a growth mindset, you can achieve anything. Now you talk about, you know, mindset shifting your way to success. Can you get yes. into that? Yeah. Okay. So this is one of my, my favorite things that I think a lot of people don't, um, spend enough time on. Um, and what happens is that we get stuck in, in these stories we're telling ourselves continuously, you know, like, um, you know, you see it a lot with entrepreneurs with imposter syndrome. They, you know, I don't know enough. This person's done more than I have who, you know, who am I to tell this or do this job or whatever. And so we start telling these stories to ourselves that we're not good enough and we get st stuck in those stories. But what we don't do is take enough time to, really focus on the facts, the truth, and really, um, you know, break down the stories that we're telling ourselves and decide, is this a story? Like, is this something, is this just a belief that I'm telling myself, or is this an actual factual statement? Like, is this, can I back this up with evidence? And if we start to break out the stories we're telling ourselves, we can start to shift the way our mind approaches things. We can really start to come at it at a much more evidence-based kind of scientific approach to what we want to accomplish. And so we get out of that, that fear, we get out of the uncertainty or the, um, sometimes the lack of clarity really holds people back. And so if we can start breaking those things down, I think the other thing too, is that if you can shift your perspective away from 
being kind of self-absorbed. I know that sounds kind of weird, but if you start to approach things about how can I help this other person? How can I serve this community? How can I, you know, approach this to do the most good? You start to realize that you have to get up in the morning to help other people because they need you there, opposed to getting up in the morning to do something that's self-serving. And so shifting your mindset or your perspective on those couple of things can have a really profound uh, transformation on the way you approach life over time. And the vision there, like as soon as I, you know, I teach the Ikigai concept Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. as soon as I discovered what mine was, right, I had this vision and I read it every morning when I wake up and I have a little picture of a beach, right? Because that's where Mm -hmm. I want to be in flip flops and shorts and a tank top all year round helping people. But as soon as I kept that vision every day in my head, it was really hard to get turned around because I used to, like you said, I get stuck in my head. I had those limiting beliefs that Mm -hmm. who am I to do this stuff? And then, you know, a mentor of mine said, Tamar, who are you not? You have 25 years of addiction experience to everything that one could be addicted to. (laughs) You know, you've, you've recovered, you've built a foundation, you've completely changed your mindset. Like, who are you not? Right? Because we can coach through our experience. And I think that's why going through that adversity is so incredibly important because it gives you that relatability. Yeah. I think one of the best things I ever learned that relates to that is, is teach what you know. And so understanding that you have experience, you have skills, you have, you know, a life of uh, history to build off of. And there are people coming up behind you that don't have what you have right now. And they need those skills. They need those tools. They need that information. And so it's your job to share that with those people coming up behind you. Absolutely. And that's what I was told too, right? Is that you can, because for me in the beginning, I was looking at people who are making, you know, six figure, seven figure incomes. And I'm like, how am I ever going to get that? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And now it's, I know it's completely possible and it just, it blows my mind that when you just change your mindset, everything can completely change. Now, absolutely, being an entrepreneur isn't always easy. We talked a little no. bit about this <laughs> Yes. <laughs> before the interview. Can you share your top tips for high performance? Yeah. Yeah. So, so the first one definitely is self-care, um, being almost selfish in a way about it. And I don't mean selfish, like pushing people away or, you know, being mean or anything like that. That's absolutely not what I meant. What I mean by being selfish about self-care is really making it a priority. So making sure that you take, you know, 20, 30 minutes a day to just move and you know, people get hung up on exercise because they don't want to go to the gym or they don't want to lift weights and all those things. The thing is to get up and move, move your body, you know, walk around, go for a walk. If you like yoga, do yoga. If you like sitting in a chair, do chair yoga, like just move your body, like figure out how to start going and build from there. So start small and build, but make that an absolute priority. The other thing for high performance is diet, 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 diet. You can exercise till the cows come home, but if you're not eating healthy, you are going to have hormone issues, which will affect your energy and your mental health. You are going to have dietary, like, um, gut issues. That's going to make you feel sluggish and not feel great. 
And the most important thing to know is that your, your gut controls basically everything you do in your life. It really runs all the, um, neural pathways in your brain. It's, it's triggers all the signals that are going on. It sends all the chemical reactions that trigger all those things. And so having a healthy diet affects your gut affects your brain. And so if you want to be a high performer, eat healthy, um, and then make sure you're moving your body. And then the, the other big one is to really work on your mental health. So, you know, getting, um, clear on the things that matter to you, start understanding what your actual values are, your priorities, and then really looking at how you spend your life. Are you spending your life working on those things that are your priority or your value, or are you spending your life you know, watching junk TV or, you know, gossiping about people and, you know, being kind of negative, different things like that. So really starting to get focused on those priorities and scheduling in time for those kind of things. So those are the big three there, you know, they sound always kind of straightforward, but you'd be surprised how many people don't take them seriously. And once they start to, they see a really big shift in their life. Yeah, it's so true. When I focus on my health, everything aligns. And, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, I only have these periods now, smaller periods of time where I get that tunnel vision and I start Mm -hmm. focusing. Um, But now I know, okay, you know what, it's time to get out for a walk, I got to get out in nature. And I loved how you talked about, you know, exercise. Um, Somebody I just recently interviewed too, you know, she's like, you get all gung ho. And it's like, I got to go to the gym, I got to lift weights, I got to, you know, run for 20 miles a day and people exhaust themselves to the point where you know you need your willpower in the beginning I believe to create a new habit because it's different and it changes but over time you know like the same thing I get up at at 4 a.m every day now to do what I love because I love doing it like it Mm -hmm. it doesn't take that effort that it once did yeah yeah and the thing too that that is really important about exercise is people don't realize that exercise isn't just about building muscles or losing weight or, you know, even cardi, um, uh, you know, healthy heart and, um, drawing the blank, the word I'm looking for, but, you know, having a healthy heart and that kind of stuff, the biggest thing that comes from exercise is a clear brain. So clear thoughts, you know, creativity, having focus, having, you know, the ability to really narrow in on what your purpose is, what your drive is, what you're passionate about and, and getting those, those clear thoughts, you need that disconnect and you need that blood flow to, um, get healthy and feel that. Absolutely. So when you deal with people or work with people in recovery, what do you find their biggest struggles are usually? Um, well, real quick, cardiovascular health. That's the word I was looking for. There we go. There <laughs> <Yes>. we go. <laughs> I do that too all the time. Yeah. But uh, so the biggest thing I see people struggle with is getting stuck. They get stuck in, they've found themselves in an unhealthy pattern and the, the struggle to kind of get out of that pattern, they get stuck in that, whether that's from fear of the change, whether that's fear of not knowing what the next step is whether that's fear of the, the uncomfortableness they're going to feel, you know, like getting up and exercising your first few times doesn't always feel great, but once you kind of get going, it feels awesome. So people are kind of stuck in that. And so we really have to start looking at the small little shifts that they can, can take, you know, working on behavior change, the biggest thing people kind of fear, or they, they really take a perspective of like, 
I want to go from point A to point Z in the next week. And that is not a reality. They, you know, you're going to get overwhelmed and give up, you know, by, before you even get to point B, if you look at it that way, your goal is to go from point A to A.2 to A.3 to A.4, and then you'll get to B and then you celebrate B and then you work on B.2 and B.3 and you go from there. And that's the big thing that people need to understand with, with lifestyle change or behavior change is that, you know, you can have that big goal vision but your job right now is to focus on what are you going to do today? What is the one little thing that you're going to do today? And I think that really works for recovery too, at least from my, you know, interaction and perspective, it's, you know, you got to work on, you know, an hour of sobriety and then 12 hours of sobriety and 24 hours and build from there. And so it's the same kind of concept. Well, I think that a lot of people, at least that my, my experience is a lot of people, that have overcome addiction, you know, and, and are in recovery now, they are these go-getters, right? We're mm -hmm. these overachievers. And I always tell people if, you know, because there's a lot of people who get stuck and, and their limiting beliefs just like cripple mm -hmm. them. And I'm like, you know, what did you do to get loaded? What did mm -hmm. you do to get your fix? You know, I know I did everything possible and I was like an overachiever when it yeah. came to getting drunk, right? It's yeah. just no money, no problem. Yeah. And so if you can harness that same energy or at least realize that you have the capability to take that same effort that you used back mm -hmm. then, but put it into something positive, you can actually go for it. But I, I remember taking a group of ladies through a course that I run. It's a three month. And I said, listen, there's some of these concepts that they take time to go through, right? Like discovering mm -hmm. your purpose. This is going to evolve for you and you're going to think up new things. And, you know, especially these women in recovery, it was almost like, no, after the first week, they wanted to de determine their purpose. And if they hadn't yeah. found it, they were really destroyed about it. Cause it's like, why can't I get my purpose in the first week? I'm like, okay, slow down. This is a process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people, that is the thing that they struggle with the most is figuring out, you know, what they want, what do you know, they know what they don't want but people don't spend enough time really thinking about what it is they want. And they just expect we're so used to having everything we want, you know, delivered to our front door in two hours. Right. And so, you know, finding purpose, I mean, it is your purpose. It is this grand, huge thing. And so you can't expect to just kind of find that overnight. And, and the other thing to understand is a lot of times people have more than one purpose, you know, like, you might have a purpose for 10 years of your life and then say, okay, I've done that. I've accomplished that. Let me figure out what my purpose is now. And that's okay too, is to have more than one. Yeah. And it's a journey. And when you start yeah. to learn what it is you love though, you start to enjoy the journey. And especially with goal setting, you know, a lot of people will set goals based on what society tells them they should yes. do. I should mm -hmm. go outside for 30 minutes. I should lose 20 pounds. I should. And they don't have fun with it. And I'm like, yeah. okay, do you, you know, well, I should go to the gym. I'm like, why, what yeah. do you want to do? Well, I'd rather do yoga. Well then do yoga. Do yoga. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that is the biggest thing I teach with clients about exercise. People are like, oh, exercise sucks. Like I hate it, but why find something you love to do? If you don't like going to the gym, don't go to the gym, go for a walk or go for a run or, you know, get on the treadmill and listen to a podcast or something, do something that, 
you know, energizes you and excites you and that you look forward to doing. So what is your daily routine look like then as an entrepreneur and growing a business to, you know, the rate that you have, what does that look like for you day to day? So that is a very difficult question with COVID <laughs> because my life is crazy. So I have a, I have a daughter who is five and I have become a full-time kindergarten teacher. Uh, we don't have like, a, we don't even have zoom classes. Like I am literally teaching her class. And so, you know, we try to mix in education while I'm doing client calls and uh, social media posts and editing podcasts. And, you know, and so it's kind of all over the place, but one of the things that I've really initiated during COVID and being at home is, um, I do my workouts with my daughter. And so one of her recess breaks, I'm doing air quotes, um, her recess breaks is that we'll do an online workout video. And so I'll do the workout and she does her workout version along with me. And, and we, you know, we crack up the whole time and we laugh and we have a great time, but we're both up and moving and exercising. Um, you know, and then I spend time cooking. I try to meal prep every couple of days just so that I have, um, you know, leftovers in the house. So it's easy and quick. And that keeps me, you know, from going out to buy fast food or something like that. It's just, if there's food here, it's easy. If it's already prepped, you just heat it up. And so prioritizing those kind of things, making sure that I make time for that. Um, and it doesn't always have to be, people always think meal prep is like going to take four hours on a Sunday. And I'm like, no, just, you know, make a roast, but make extra like, or, you know, last night we made chicken and salad and I just cooked extra chicken. So I have chicken for the next two days to eat, you know, and we mix it in with other things. And so it can be pretty simple. Um, so you just have to be creative on how you mix in those healthy things. You just make sure that you're doing it throughout the day. And you know, the batching things, I do that mm -hmm. with my podcast as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. I have really learned as an entrepreneur over the last year to start batching things. Yeah. And then yeah. it almost gives me this, okay, I'm done this. I don't have to worry about it for another month. I'm good to go. Do you like, you know, for anybody thinking, you know, cause I really want to inspire people to discover their purpose and live their purpose and actually do the things that they love. Mm -hmm. Is there any advice you would give to somebody that's thinking about taking the plunge to becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah. So I say, go for it. Make, make sure that you're in a spot where you can go. I don't want anybody to ever just like financially jump and then not, you know, but go for it. And understand like you were going to be a hot mess going into it. Like you have no clue what you're going to do. You don't, you, you know, you don't even know how to do it. Like, and it's a mental struggle. You know, like we talked before the show, it's literally like up and down waves. Some days you can get out of bed and you're pumped and other days you're like, why did I quit my job? What am I doing with my life? You know? And so, so you have to manage the mental game but go for it and do it messy, do it super messy because that's the only way you're going to learn. And it takes time to figure things out. And everyone that's figured it out, that's ahead of us. They were just as messy as us when they were starting. We just don't see it because we see them in the polished stage. And so, you know, just get over your need for perfection because it's, it's a messy job, but gosh, is it worth it? It's so fun. I love the messy because it's so true. I mean, when yeah. I started, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get a business name. I'm going to sign up. I'm going to, oh, I better, better enlist an accountant here. And I have no yeah. idea what I'm doing, but doing, it's been yeah. so much fun actually doing what I really enjoy to do. Yeah. If I can give one more piece of advice, find other entrepreneurs to connect with 
because you realize you're not crazy. Like everybody else is going through the same struggles and you're like, yes, this is what it really is. Like, I'm not really bad at this. This is what it looks like in real life for everybody. And so having those relationships is really, really important. Absolutely. So yeah. if people want to learn more about what you do or want to get a hold of you, where can they find you? Yeah. So you can find me on pretty much any uh, social platform at Nika Laurie. So N-I-K-A-L-A-W-R-I-E. And then my, uh, you can also find my website, nikalaurie.com or my main business website is called healthandhustle.co. Um, and there's tons of resources and blogs and all kinds of stuff up there. My podcast is there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful speaking with you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. And, you know, I know that a lot of people in recovery do get into health and fitness, and it's a big part to keeping that mental clarity. So anyways, guys, I told you that I'd be giving away a free gift. So I'm going to continue to give away a copy of my first book. It's a PDF version of Hope Elevated. If you head on over to my website at www.theroadforward.ca, slash beyond dash recovery. You can pick up your free copy. I will send it over via email, but uh, make sure you pick that up today. You can also get the paperback or the Kindle version on any Amazon in your area. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed that episode and I'll see you on the next show. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Road Beyond Recovery. Did you know that our dreams can become a reality? When you determine your purpose in life and you allow that purpose to guide you, anything is possible. It just takes action. Don't wait until you're ready. Start to create the life you were truly meant to live right now. I am super passionate about my mission to help people live up to their true potential. So if you want to learn more, check out my website at www.theroadforward.ca. And until next week, keep exploring what lies beyond recovery for you.